Before we had even entered into this COVID season, God laid on my heart a message for the Church of Severan. And that was this, it's time to grow. Many of us spend long seasons on the edges of faith, the outside of faith, or cycling through periods of unfaith in our lives. How long do we want to spend our days and months and years and seasons not growing at the place of almost and, and knowing more than we're willing to do? Guys, it's time to make a decision. It's time to choose to grow. It is God's will for you to grow. You were created to grow. You are called to growth and we can grow. And today I want you to, to hear me say one thing, uh, you know, that just has got to come through and it's a phrase I, I pray that you'll remember through the rest of your life. Jesus over everything. The name of Jesus, the call of Jesus, the love of God, the hope of heaven, the salvation by grace, the work of God in creating something from nothing and putting ugly, broken things together in beautiful ways. All of this is summed up in the name of Jesus, the, the, the salvation of Jesus. The salvation is not merely an entrance exam. Salvation is the call to enter into to Christ by faith and to follow him for life. And so it is not merely, you know, um, an entrance exam. It is Jesus over everything. But the truth is most people aren't going to grow. Some people are going to hear Jesus' name and, and mock it. In fact, <laughs> the name of Jesus is on most people's lips in a profane way. And there's got to be something to the reality that that all over the world, the name of Jesus is the most profaned name above all others. Why? Because there's a power to it that is found in no other name. So most people are, are going to dismiss Jesus' name. Other people are going to hear it and respond at various levels. But there will be a few people who hear the name of Jesus, and the name of Jesus will become the crucial center of their lives. And that's what I want it to become for you. I want for the, the, the name of Jesus, for Jesus, the person, Jesus, the fullness of God to become the crucial center of your life. I mean, everything revolves around him. Everything is evaluated in terms of him. Um, he is your point of reference. And I say center, not first, because first often entails a long list. And by the time you get to 10 or 15, you know, you're a long way from number one. The center is like the, the nucleus of an atom. Everything orbits around it. Jesus over everything. Jesus as the crucial, critical, vital center of your thinking, your actions, of everything in your life. But most people will miss this. And even some people who hear the name and some who call on the name of Jesus will not grow. And, and, and I, I, I grieve that. And I, I, I refuse to comfortably allow that to take place in my life or your life or in the life of, of this church. We have a mission. And that mission is to go and make disciples so that everyone in the world 
can know that Jesus is the hope of the world, that he is the light of salvation in a lightless world, that, that he is the redeemer, the one who can put back together their broken lives. We have a mission. In fact, Jesus called it a co-mission. He has the mission from God. We have the mission from God. John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I have sent you. Why are we here in this season of, of, of racial awareness and, and, and racial um, you know, working towards justice? Why are we here in this COVID season? It's not for comfort. It is to work for the coming of the kingdom of God in the salvation of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to ask you, honestly, are you growing? And are you committed to the work of God through the body of Christ, his church, the gathering? You know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, from the very beginning, told a parable that even his disciples didn't understand that, that illustrated the truth that most people won't grow, but that those who do will change the world, that those who do will change the generations, that those who do grow will tell the next generation about the glory of God and the hope of God, that they don't have to live a broken down, hopeless life, that there is a reason to run this race, there is a power to win. Those that grow have a ripple in the pond effect throughout eternity on all of, of the people around them, whether or not people in time and history ever know their name. I want you to be one of those who grow. Jesus told the parable of the sower, and it is a parable that would certainly make sense in, a, in a, an agricultural society. It's not too hard for the rest of us to grasp either. <laughs> And he, and he told the parable really twice. He told the parable, and, and the story in essence is about a farmer who had some seed in his hand, and he scatters the seed that he offers it to everyone, to all of the different ground, all of the different people. And then the story goes on to say how the different uh, seed grows in response to the various soils. And Jesus tells the parable, and everybody looks around and just says, you know, okay, and even the disciples later on called Jesus aside and said, what did you really mean by that? What were you actually saying? So I want to do something a little bit different. I want to skip the actual parable, and I want to go in Matthew 13, verse 18, to Jesus' explanation of the parable and the highlight of the truth that it is time to grow, but most of us won't be willing most of us will have other concerns, other issues um, that we're going to put in front of Jesus for life, and, and we will miss life. Most of us will get distracted, we'll lose our focus. We will hear the inspiring story of the eternal love of God, and somewhere along the, the life way in our race, we will lose the plot. And I just want to say to, to you, hearing this story today, if that's you, if somewhere along the way in your past, you, you, you heard it, you had the plot line, you understood something inside your heart stirred when you heard the name of Jesus, something inside of you at some point broke and you realized the insanity of a self-guided life and you called on the name of Jesus and, and your life was growing and changing and then you got distracted. 
hear me say it's not too late. Hear me say that a part of the purpose of this message today is for you to hear your call back, your call forward, your call to grow in grace and love and to begin again because the mercies of God are new every morning. I have stood on the beach at sunrise and tried to count the waves coming into shore. I know it's foolish. <laughs> I've also stood in, the, in the, the mountains at night and tried to count the stars in the sky. And, and I know it's foolish. And the point of, of both of those is to see the endlessness of them. And so it is with the grace of God towards you. So it is with the patience of God to forgive again, begin again, to lead you to know you're loved again and to start over. So on the basis of the grace in the name of Jesus, I wanna invite you to grow. Jesus over everything. Let Jesus become the crucial center of your life. In chapter 13 of Matthew, again in verse 18, Jesus explains patiently, gracefully the parable. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, and does not understand it. That is, they hear, but there is something in their lives that is distracting them. There is some other love, some other confusion, some, something else has their focus. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So this is so deep, and, and we're just gonna be able to, to skip a stone across the shallows. There is an evil force in this world against you. Why is it so hard? Because hell, because distance from God, because separation through sin, that's why. You have one enemy in this world, his name is Satan. One enemy and one savior, that's the focus. And, and God is, through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, working to sow the the truth of the love of Christ and the kingdom of God in your life, it is there, but you have to pay attention to it. But if you do not, and you don't understand the grip of grace on your life, then Satan will come along and, and steal the understanding and the awareness from your heart. Jesus said, this is the seed sown along the path. A path is a well-worn place where the soil has become hard and and it's not soft enough for the seeds to get in. Verse 20 says, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. There is a window of time and openness and opportunity in their life to where th there is a, re a receptivity and, and a you know, just a crack in their heart where the, the love of God and the grace of Christ comes inside and, and there is this, this moment of, of joy. The scripture goes on to say that since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Jesus didn't become the crucial center of their life. He, he became a, a spark that, that interested them for a moment, like, like a loud sound that you hear and you, you startle and turn 
but immediately you return your attention to something else. Jesus must become and stay the crucial center of your life over everything. And, and for many people, that momentary awareness, and that moment may be literally a moment, it may be a week, it may be uh, the, the two months that you, uh, you know, followed Christ in high school, but, but immediately something else caught your attention and you turned away. Verse 22 says, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, Okay, the hardness of, of life. Uh, and, and I just want to say, you know, the possibilities of distraction are endless, which is why life must be an issue of Jesus over everything, because there's a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just going to roll like the, the waves onto the beach, but, but so is also the grace of God rolling like the waves onto the beach. And, and as, as pain and suffering and trials and, and heartache um, are Focus and attention cannot be caught up in those things, how people wound us. I have heard so many times through the years, well, so-and-so did this to me and I just, I just quit. You know what? When I first heard that at 17, I made up my mind that no one would have the power uh, over me to, to distract me from Jesus. That, that I have one enemy and, and it isn't you, it isn't them, it isn't the person who hates me, it's the hater who inspires their hate. And so you're going to have endless opportunities to be distracted. Life is hard in a broken world. Jesus promised us this. He said in John 16, 33, my peace I give you. But he said in this world, you're going to have trouble. In me, you're going to have peace. So take heart. I've overcome the world. So, you know, you choose what's going to be over your life. The trouble of, of pain and alienation and not being well-loved by other human beings or the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the love of God on display in the glory of Christ. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, making it unfruitful. Uh, worries about money, worries uh, about, about everything this life is selling. And then Jesus says in verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil, refers to someone who hears the word of God and understands it, who lets it make sense of all of the rest of their life. Faith is interpretation. Faith is, is interpreting life through the love of God and through the teachings of Jesus and, and of Holy Scripture. So that when hard happens, we don't interpret that event on our own, but through the calling of God and through the word of God. And, and the word of God and the call of Christ inspires us. It lifts us up over these other issues and these other pains and these other trials and all of the woundedness in life that makes us bitter and angry and selfish and mean. The good soil refers to somebody who's brokenhearted and life has crushed their dreams and crushed their illusions and, and crushed their stubbornness and, and in, in a, 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 a tearful, in, you know, either in, 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 in the physical realm or, or in the spiritual realm, in the heart, in, in, in tearful surrender. This person, like, like the woman who poured the perfume over Jesus' feet and wept, wiping away her, 
what, cleaning his feet, wiping the dirt and, and, the, and the crud of this world from the feet of Jesus with her tears and with her hair. You're just broken enough to give up and give in. And just to say, for the rest of my life, it's going to be Jesus over everything. He will become and stay the crucial center of my life. And then Jesus promises this, that this seed falling on the good soil is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 and 30 times what was sown. You are called to grow. We are called as a church to grow. And, and if we are not growing, it is simply an act of disobedience. It is an act of rejection. It is an act of distraction as, as an individual, as a, as a small group, as a church, until every man and woman and boy and girl in our region has a vital and growing relationship with Jesus Christ, has seen and heard how much God loves them, our work on earth is not done. When I, when I let Jesus become the crucial center of my life, then my pain is no longer the crucial center. My, my issues are no longer the crucial center. My, my finances are no longer the crucial center. My call is the crucial center. And, and the mission to share the love of Jesus becomes the crucial center. Every church ought to be growing and doubling and reaching more men and women and boys and girls for Jesus Christ. We have to tell the next generation. And we cannot just, just lose this generation. The author of Hebrews, who we really don't know who it is, uh, put it this way in terms of us not being that three-fourths who lose the plot line and who do not finish well. He said this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is all of the inspiring people of faith who've gone on before us, uh, both throughout the centuries of, of history and also in your life. There have been people in your life who have inspired you, who have helped you think God thoughts, who have, who have helped you see and glimpse the glory of Jesus. And since we are surrounded by these people, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, stubbornness, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, setting our eyes on Jesus, determining that in my life, Jesus will become and stay the crucial center of my living. He will begin that now by, by a, a faith-based uh, choice that, that, that trusts grace. He will stay that for the rest of my life by the power of, of the Holy Spirit. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The, the Greek word for pioneer is the word, it's an interesting word, it has to do with the ruler or prince, the originator or author. And then the, the word for, for the finisher is this Greek word teleos. It is the word for something completed in wholeness, something finished completely. Um, and, and so, so Jesus over everything, he's the one who before you were born has been reaching for you, you were created in his heart, you were born in love, and, and since the day you took your first breath, no, before that time, Jesus has been inspiring you, calling you into faith in him. 
and he will never stop. And for those who say yes to him, he is the one who takes your beginning yes and, 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 and allows it to become a, 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 a winning yes at, at the, the finish line. He's the author, he's the perfecter, the, the writer of the story if you let him and, and the finisher of the story, no matter how bad the story gets in the middle. That's the, the glory of the story of the love of God is that your story can look hopeless and, and you can be absolutely helpless, but because God's the writing the story, it has a great end. Reference every Old Testament story you ever heard. From David and Goliath to Daniel's in the lion's den, all of those were, this isn't gonna finish well, humanly speaking, to the glory of God revealed. And so it is with your story. If you stubbornly make up your mind that it will be for you, Jesus over everything. Jesus, not a little religion on the edge, but Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the, the creator of the earth, your personal savior for life. Your guide, your leader, your corrector, your discipliner, your inviter, your encourager, Jesus. And then the scripture says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such oppositions from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As if a worldwide pandemic wasn't enough, once again, um, the ugliness of racism flared its viral infection in, in our nation. But it, again, it's always been there. It's the dust in the air. And many of us are weary. But I'm telling you, it's my belief and my conviction, it's my call that it is time for us to grow. It is time for you to regather your thoughts and begin again with Jesus. It is time for the church to begin to regather, and I don't know how long that's gonna be, um, but whether we gather apart or gather together, it's not just playing with words. What is the wise thing for you? We must grow, and if we trust Jesus with even the faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, we will unstoppably grow, and if we look around in this world and say, woe is me, I can't, then it's not Jesus over everything, it's us under everything. <laughs> it's me under my pain, me under my problems, me under the bigness of life, me, me lost. Will you say with me today, Jesus over everything? And will you today, some of you need to be saved, some of you aren't born again, some of you have never said yes to Jesus. Well, Pastor Drew, how do I become born again? Well, it's infinitely rich and it's just so simple a child can, can begin. You call on the name of Jesus. Scripture says whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. I don't mean in any religious uh, deal-making, um, you know, uh, fire insurance for hell kind of way. No, I mean in brokenness, not the 75% who, who, you know, oh, Jesus, squirrel, but who are captured. You call on the name of Jesus. You acknowledge your sin. You under stand and accept that Jesus is your savior, the, the lead and Lord and guide of your life, and you fix your heart on him, and then, and then you follow for life. Call on the name of Jesus. Some of you need to, to let Jesus become the crucial center of your life. 
And probably the rest of us in this weary season need to consider Jesus again and rededicate our lives to Jesus over everything we're feeling, over our fears of the future, um, Jesus over our, our grieving of, of these moments. And, and we need to let Jesus become the crucial center of our living. And I'm just telling you, when he does, we are free. Free to be, free to be loved, free to be loved. And most of all, we're free to grow in, in eternal ways in our own personal relationship with Jesus that, that although it is our personal relationship with Jesus is, is also our social relationship with the rest of the world and we become light in a lightless world and as we are changed, it is changed. God the Father is calling you to know his son in a new and growing way today. Will you let Jesus be over everything and the crucial center of your life? That's my prayer and my call for you.